0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to Daryl for 32 years, mom to eight kids ages 17 to 30, Nana to seven, and over 26 year veteran homeschooling mom. I always like to make sure that I include that in my introduction because there are always new listeners uh, who are tuning in. And I know when I'm listening to a podcast or listening to someone talk, if I'm going to take the time to listen, I'd kind of like to know, do they have any cred? So, um, you know, It's just my way of conveying very quickly my experience and uh, the years that I have under my belt because I'm really just mainly here as a mentoring mom. Um, I love to talk about homeschooling because obviously we homeschooled all of our kids from the beginning, and uh, I'm just convinced it's one of the best decisions that my husband and I ever made. Um, Making that investment into our family time-wise has just been... um, so incredibly worth it. You know, here I am on the other side with, you know, mostly adult kids and have a good relationship with every single one of our kids. As adults, my husband and I both do. And, um, I can't even tell you what a blessing that is. And I believe that it, it, I can go back to God using homeschooling and being with our kids and spending time with our kids um, was the foundation that was laid and that's going to be there for the rest of our lives. You know, we have an adult relationship with our kids uh, most of their lives. Um, They're only kids for a a short amount of time by comparison. And so even though it's, um, we're heavily involved and we're heavily, Uh, We're working hard during that time. I just want to say it is so worth it. It is so worth it. I can't even begin to tell you what a worthwhile investment it really is. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm on the podcast, because I want to bring that kind of encouragement to you to keep going, because it is so worth it. Some of you may not know about the three books that I've written. Um, I've written The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. I've also written Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a short um, devotional. It's a 31-day devotional. Um, And it's written specifically for homeschool moms to sort of apply biblical principles to motherhood and homeschooling. And then my last book, which just came out last June, um, in June of 2021, (laughs) what year is it again? Uh, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and it really is kind of a part memoir, but also just really affirming to parents that they can do this, that your role in your children's life matters. It matters greatly, and you, uh, I I just want you to know that homeschooling is a lot more doable than most people realize. So uh, today, I'm going to be talking about self-discipline. And the reason that I'm bringing this up um, is because, well, first of all, what triggered it was that I spoke with three different moms this week. And when something like that happens, um, when when I talked, well, I talked to more than three moms, but the three, the, the ones that stood out in my mind were three moms that talked to me about their children's response to them in different situations. And um, because it you know, because it happened three times this week, it makes me feel like the Lord just wants me to address the topic. So, um, that's what I'm going to do today. So to kind of set up the scenario, um, a week or two ago, I talked about tips for reducing anxiety. And one of those tips was having self-discipline. And, um, I read some scriptures that I'll share again in just a little bit. Actually, I'll share them right now. Well, Hebrews 12, verse 11 says, For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 25 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And I talked about this in the other podcast. How, in that culture, uh, that Hebrew culture, when a city didn't have walls, it was exposed to the enemy. It was um, it could be ransacked at any time. The enemy could get a foothold at any time um, and just come in and wreak de- um, devastation on that city and could totally take it over. And so, um, I'm going to relate that back to what I'm talking to today. About what I'm talking about today, in just a minute. But these moms came to me and said, "Okay, one of them had a toddler, one of them had a nine-year-old, and I think another had maybe a twelve-year-old. I can't remember, but they were all different ages." And they said, "When I say this, my child responds this way. You know, either with crying, tears, um, um gosh, you know." A two-year-old throwing themselves on the floor, getting completely emotional and out of control, um, just because, you know, well, that's what two-year-olds do, right? So I, as I'm thinking these through, as, e- as I talk to each one, I really had the same answer for each one. It was like the Lord said, tell them this, um, because of my own experience from the past raising our eight kids, I remember doing this very specifically. And so it kind of jogged my memory as to what I did with our kids at home. And I think it was really helpful. And that's why I wanted to share it with you today. Um, So if I told a child, um, okay, it's time for math, and they start crying and having a fit and or just saying, I don't want to do it, or just, you know, maybe even being disrespectful, maybe slamming their workbook down, um, or whatever, Um, I would immediately stop and say, this is not okay. That response to me is not okay. So my point is the first thing that you want to address is not the math, not the thing that seemingly seems to be the issue. You need to address their response to you and how they are treating you as a parent. And the reason that I'm saying this is because the scriptures are very clear as to what a child's job is is what are they responsible for it says in more than one place it's just this to honor and obey their parents okay so if we mess up with parent as parents that's on us no matter what happens we are called they are called to uh work toward honoring and obeying us you know i mean i'm not going to get into all of the issues when sin, when parents are sinning that's a whole different category that's a whole different topic but I know that I'm talking to parents who are trying to be good parents and who are trying to really um, make this homeschooling thing as doable as possible. Many of you have read my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler and the Four-Hour School Day, and you know that I'm really an advocate for you know working on the child's timeline and not hurrying them into uh, too much book work too soon. And, and um, sometimes I'm a little concerned that I'm going to send a message that... Um, it's okay for your child to respond to you that way. And obviously, we want to address whatever issues are going on with the learning or you know what we're doing with the schoolwork. But the first issue in those situations is character issue. That needs to be addressed first. You should never allow your children to speak to you disrespectfully, no matter what. And, um, and so that's why I'm encouraging you to deal with the character issue first. That's what I was encouraging these moms to do. So just look at them and say, you cannot talk to me like that. That is not okay. That is disrespectful. So we're going to try this again. So let's just say I said, oh, it's, it's time for a math lesson. And there was a meltdown. And I said, okay, we're going to try this again. It's time for a math lesson. And they still have a negative disrespectful response. OK, we're going to try this again. And after two or three times of that, they start to get the point. We're doing something here. There's an agenda here. Yes, there is. We're going to keep doing this until you give me a respectful answer. Now, sometimes it's very difficult for them to come up with one on their own. Don't don't come up with one for them right away. Let them figure it out because it will, um, it will be more, the lesson will sink in more if they have to come up with it. However, at some point they may need some help. So you give, you can give them some help and just say, this is what I want you to say. Sometimes I would just say, this is what you need to say. And I would just tell them, you know, after I'd let them try a few times, I would just tell them, this is what you need to say. This is a respectful response. And we would do it until they said it. And they said it with a reasonably good attitude. I remember at one point, um, One of our kids would come into the room and I would cringe. I realized I was cringing every single time he came into the room. And I was like, I felt guilty you know, that mom guilt is always like the first thing, isn't it? And that's why it can be tempting when we say it's math time or whatever, and they have a, you know, have a meltdown that we've done something wrong. We've pushed them too hard. Don't assume that. We've got to kick the mom guilt to the side, deal with the character issue first, the respect and the response towards you, um, first, and then you can talk later about how to handle the other stuff. Um, so my this child would come in and I would cringe and I felt guilty and I was like, so I was praying about it and the and the Lord was like well what is it that's making you cringe and I realized every time he walks in the room he asks me for something so I started stopping him when he would come in and ask me for something I would say leave the room and I want you to I told him you know every time you come in the room so I gave him I gave him a reason I told him why I was doing this every time you come in the room you ask me for something you never offer anything. Never offer help, never offer, you know, a compliment, something other than just asking me for something. So I, and I told him, I said, he was old enough to handle this. I said, I I just, I cringe every time you walk in because of that. And I don't want to have a relationship like that with you. And so I said, you know, leave the room and come back in and try that again. And we would do this several times until he came in and either offered some help or said something kind and then asked me the question. And then I would say, and think twice about whether or not you actually need that thing from me. And so what I was doing is I was training my child um, to have self-control To realize that he was walking into a room and sucking the life out of his mom (laughs) and just asking for things and never offering anything. Parents, this is our job as parents to teach our children self-control. This is a big part of self-control is teaching them what does it look like to honor and obey your parents. Because the scripture, like I mentioned before, is very clear um, that that is the job of children to honor and obey their parents. Why? So that it will go well with you, okay? It will go well with them if they learn to honor and obey their parents. Because one, it's God's command. And every time we are living by God's biblical principles, he blesses it. The second thing is we're teaching them awareness that they are talking to someone who is in charge, in authority over them, and they need to be respectful, and they're going to learn what that looks like. And so, um, so I just encourage you to make sure, um, I just want to heighten your awareness just a little bit of whether or not your children are treating you the way that. You should be treated. Now, granted, it needs to go both ways. We need to be respectful of our children too. How we go about that matters. We don't want to provoke our children to anger because the scripture is very clear that we're not to do that. Um, but the beauty of homeschooling is that we get to take the time to stop and address these things and just do this amazing work that God has put in front of us to. Give our children the gift of self-control. It is a gift. If you look around in our culture, you see just the lack of self-control is causing so many problems. And if we can raise children who have the kind of self-control that God calls us to have, they are going to be salt and light in this world. They're going to be that beacon on the hill. That is what's happened with our children as they've grown into adults and they've understood what it looks like to be respectful of others and and specifically of people who are in authority over them and know how to speak to them in a respectful way. Um, I can't tell you the advantages that has given our children. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, God always blesses obedience. There are always blessings for obedience and consequences for disobedience. But the great thing is we can walk this out with our kids in a discipleship way. So we have a relationship with them and we've got this ongoing, um, you know we're we're continuing to tie the strings of fellowship with our kids. We're not just having negative interactions with them, but positive ones as well. And so we get to walk alongside of them and disciple them. Um, rather than just homeschooling being this exchange of information or this, you know, passing down of information, it's discipleship and it's instruction. Through discipleship, I heard a pastor say once, information without instruction is provocation. And what he means by that is when we're just disseminating information, which is what typically happens in the traditional classroom, Um, If we're just giving information without that discipleship, that relationship instruction, we are actually provoking our children to anger, which is what the Bible speaks against. I thought that was so profound and such an affirmation to those of us who are homeschooling. And so if you find yourself sort of lost in the fray right now, I hope that you'll take some time to ponder these things and ponder, um, and just be more observant and aware of how you, how are your children treating you? Are they being respectful? And you know this really applies also to their sibling relationships. Of course, their relationship with their siblings is is different than it is with you. Um, as, you know, especially in the teen years, I always have to remind my teens: um, I am not your peer; I'm your parent. Um. I, 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 I am your friend, but that's not my first role. And so that is something we need to bear in mind as parents. We have a role in our children's lives, and um, they're, they're not always going to like it. They're not always going to like us making them repeatedly um, do the same thing until they get it right. I call that a training session. Okay. Because what we're doing, training involves repetition, repetition, repetition. And if my child doesn't want to do this repeatedly, then he's going to learn to do it quicker the next time. And that's what we want because we want them to own it. We want it to be their self discipline, not us lording things over them, lording our authority over them, but rather we're, we're, teaching them and instructing them and discipling them in self-discipline. I want to read a couple other scriptures. Um, Titus 2.12 talks about tr- uh, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled Upright and godly lives in the present age. Let me read all of that in in context because that was actually just one verse and it feels like it's missing something. And I don't like to do that. I don't like to read a verse and feel like there was something missing. I want you to get the fullness of it. Um, Just an interesting little side note. I remember as it, I think I was in maybe, gosh, maybe fifth or sixth grade. I had a Sunday school teacher once who was covering the topic of reading scripture in context. And so he started his talk with this. Did you know that the Bible says the, there, um, that there is no God? And we were all like, what? No, it doesn't. He said, yeah, it does. It says there is no God. And he opened up the scriptures and he went to Proverbs and it said, and we read the verse. He had to read the verse out loud. It said, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And his point was, we need to read scripture in context. And uh, I never forgot that lesson. I just thought that was such a great one. I shared that with my 17-year-old yesterday, and he was just like, wow, yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay, so Titus 2, verse 12 says this. For the uh, verse 11, i will start at 11. So again, we're reading in context for the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. Wow. So in the ESV version, it says training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. This is what we are teaching our children by taking the time to stop and address any disrespect towards us. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much, God, for your goodness to us. We thank you for the gift of self-control. We thank you for the opportunity to instill that kind of character into our kids. Lord, we know that the work that you do in our kids' hearts is your work, not ours, but we are such a big part of that. And it is our responsibility, our privilege to be part of that, Lord. So thank you for letting us be part of that process. And we just pray that you would help us to be found faithful, to catch our children when they are speaking to us in a disrespectful way or in a disrespectful way to anyone else for that matter. But God, we pray that you would heighten our awareness of that and help us to be faithful to teach them well. In Jesus' name, amen.